to explore the far reaches of cinema. Three daring adventurers dive deep into the Criterion and beyond. These are the tales of their adventures. This is Cinenauts! Hey, this is Ian. And this is Catcher. <laughs> I don't even... <laughs> and uh, welcome to Cinenauts Exploring the Criterion. <laughs> That was weird. Uh, as you, <laughs> that was weird. Uh, as you can tell, uh, we are missing dear, sweet fan favorite host Boom. Uh, Boom's feeling a little under the weather and has been for the last couple of days. So uh, she said, "Trudge forward, my dear friends, move and uh, move on. Keep going. The show must go on." Uh, so tonight, Catcher and I will be discussing my satellite pick in our further discussion of Armageddon. <laughs> Uh, with Damon Chazelle's first man. Uh, bless this movie. Bless this movie. Bless this yes. movie. Bless this yes. movie. Yeah, indeed. I'm a little bummed Boom can't be on this because I have a feeling she was not on the bless this movie train. So we'll uh, definitely have to get back to her on uh, get her thoughts on that. next. She week. said she's had a lot to say. So she's very okay. excited to share that next week. So, okay, good, yeah. good, good, good. Uh, something else big happening next week that uh, we also just realized that next week is going to be our one-year anniversary of Synonauts. We did it. We made it. We did it. We made it with a two-and-a-half-month break in the middle or three-month break in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Still That's counts. Right. Still counts. And uh, so next week, we're, go- we're, gonna- we're still figuring out what we're going to do for it, but we're probably going to talk about some of our favorite moments. Reminisce. From the pod. Reminisce. Uh, if you have some emails or you want to shoot us a note about the one year, maybe some of your favorite episodes that we had talked about or favorite movies that you had watched um, through the show, let us know. Shoot us an email, sendanotspod at gmail.com. Uh, but before we get rolling, catch up. Let's catch up. Yeah. What, did you, what did you watch this week? Kind of like stumbled back into Peaky Blinders. Um, hmm. I'd... The Peaky Blinders. That's right. Uh, I was visiting my brother in Ireland a few years ago when he was living there and we were lounging around and me, his girlfriend and I like binged the first three seasons of that show. Mm -hmm. And then I never ended up going back. Um, and for some reason I just needed something to put on in the background. And so I don't know what pushed me to do it, but I put Peaky Blinders on and my Mm -hmm. God, dude, the writing on that show is so good. And the acting on that show is amazing. It's, is it I, our girl, Anya Taylor-Joy? She's in one of the seasons, right? She comes in during season five, mm. which is the, or season six? No, season five, um, which is what I'm finishing up now. The new season coming out is season six. And yeah, she's she's very good at it. She's very um, good. Yeah, I... I've heard it's really good, but every time Tara and I watch like the trailer for it on Netflix, it just looks so silly. Yeah. Like that's what the first like, are you guys the Peaky Blinders? And I'm like, Ugh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure it's amazing though. I, I don't doubt what everyone says is an amazing show. Yeah, Killian uh, Murphy, right? That's how you say his name. He's yes. so good in it. He's just so good in it. Um, uh, he does just so much with a stare. Uh huh. And you, I'm just, oh, I just, yeah, he's just the best badass um, Peaky Blinder you ever did see. It's great. Uh, and it's like a kind, it's like a crime show, right? Yeah, the Peaky, it's, so it's not based on anything like historical. Okay. Um, but it does take place like in specific times and they incorporate historical moments um, into the show. Uh, but it's basically um, a bunch of brothers come back from World War One, mm-hmm. and uh, they start a gang. And then it's how the gang goes from being a gang to right now he is the mayor of the town. Ta- of the town, or it's like, he's like they're in Birmingham, I think. He's like a mayor or is a senator. He's like in government now. Uh, so that's like season five, season five. So it's like, it's really interesting to watch, but it's really just about the thing that I love the most about the show actually is the way them being sort of post world war one 
survivors, like veterans, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. really the effect that that war had on the psyches of these men and like the world at large when these men came home really is a sort of underpinning for the show mm-hmm. that is really, uh, really interesting. Really interesting. Mm. Nice. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll give it a whirl. At some point I want to. Yeah. It's no rush. It's not like your life will be changed by watching it. Right. But right. If you want just like a really great bunch of performances. Right. Put it on. Yeah. Uh, nice. What else do you watch? Oh, I, oh, I rewatched portrait of a lady on fire. I went oh. to see my, my parents with Emma for, uh, Thanksgiving okay. and okay. hold on. Wait. Yes. Can, when is Canadian Thanksgiving? What is it called? It was last week. It's called Thanksgiving. It's also called Thanksgiving. It is. Yeah. But it was last weekend. So we had like a long weekend this past weekend. So Monday we were off. Are you also celebrating like white people killing Native Americans? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All All that is the same. It just takes place. It just takes place (laughs) on two separate days for some reason, like a month apart. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Got it. Got it. I think it also is in line with some other holiday as well. I'm sure Sure. at the same time, which is probably also about white people, but I don't know. Right. And Uh, and for the record, I I love celebrating Thanksgiving. The food is my favorite. But it is in what is it in origins pretty awful <laughs> not great yeah yeah anyway, no I, well, yeah for sure but i do get to eat stuffing so it's great mm-hmm. um but yeah so we just i put it on in one of these things where i didn't think it would stick it i just kind of put it on assuming someone would come into the room and like change the channel and that would be it and oh. i got to sit through the whole thing and that movie's perfect i love so that movie with your parents uh it was mostly me and Emma while my parents were like doing other stuff. Uh, okay. <laughs> but they came to sit down at the end and my dad came down at one point and was just like, what is this? Why are you watching this? Why do you watch these? And I was like, cause it's good. You should, you should watch it. Right. Um, yeah. But, nice. Yeah. It's such a great, like I wasn't, I haven't seen it since theaters, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's immaculate. Yeah. I have the uh, criterion uh release for it and it the blu-rayness i don't think it's 4k like looks so good like yeah. amazing 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 yeah i can't wait to get that and then nice. like i was just like at the end i was like give me a reason to pick this movie just give me a reason i'm ready to watch it for this show so uh great movie. What, what about anything you? else no no oh, that's good. it what about you uh right. for me let's see uh actually just today well actually Starting with rewatches, Tara and I have been going through The Sopranos again. Yeah. Um, have you seen that show? I watched like the first, I think two seasons maybe, like oh. really in quick succession and then right. just gave up after that. Oh. Um, it's, it's, I've seen it like three times through, I think maybe. It's mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> I know everyone says it, but it is seriously like, especially watching it, like every time you watch it, it just gets better and better. And I don't know if it's because like we're getting older uh so the show just hits differently sort of every time we watch it but it's so good and james gandolfini i like think is the greatest like actor like he he is so phenomenal he does so much like with his face and just uh it's really good um so i'm glad we're making our way through that now yeah Uh, my buddy at work brandon shout out he's a listener actually um he had just finished like watching through it Mm-hmm. And he was just like every, you know, every day, every couple of days, he'd come into work and be like, my God, dude. Yeah. Like, do you, it's so good. Everything is yeah. amazing. So, it's really, I, yeah. It's really, really amazing. He's been selling uh, me on it. I might have to go back and watch it. Yeah. Finally. I mean, it's a, it's a tough show to watch like binge format. Like it, I think it, it benefits giving yourself a break because it's like obviously really heavy content to watch over and over. Yeah. Um, and like the story is like it's slow. It's a really like essentially it's like a hang with your friends, hang with your buds type of show. Sure. Just with all these, you know, the mob. Your friends happen to be mobsters, yeah. right? Uh, so it's it's tough to watch. I think over and over and over again. Um, so if you space it out, I think it, it will maybe sit a little bit better. But true. Yeah. So we've been watching The Sopranos, and then today I finally got around to watching Tintin. Oh, uh, the, like the the animated one from the animated the 2011 Spielberg, amazing, and that was a ten out of ten perfect movie for me. Like, holy crap! I, I when I was watching it, I was like, this is not only like one of my favorite adventure movies. This is like one of my favorite animated movies. Like, this is a 
modern masterpiece and it is just completely forgotten i guess by people like me because i guess when it came out i was like what the hell is this like why would i ever watch this but it was so freaking good um yeah the animation in that is unreal it's amazing and still looks good like still looks good by 2021 standards who direct Uh, who directed that spielberg it's spielberg right yeah and, then, was, and then peter jackson was supposed to direct the sequel or something but then i guess it never happened because it flopped, yeah which right? is a shame because it's awesome and it's set up so well for a sequel and it was produced by spielberg uh kathleen kennedy and peter jackson so it's like you got a big one two three right there yeah ushering that first one through it's a shame it, it didn't get watched so i do have to shout out uh the dear folks in the vhs village for 70 millimeters patrons uh kk and kevin have been pushing the uh the the uh tintin narrative for a while now so i'm glad i finally got around to it so so good yeah amazing amazing movie i started it and then never ended up finishing it yeah and then never went back to it i think it was like on netflix but i was just like so wowed by it like just the way it looked the way it moved the way the camera moves is amazing like they take advantage of that it being animated yeah it really feels like Spielberg was like, okay, and Peter Jackson probably, okay, what couldn't I do in Indiana? What couldn't I do in Lord of the Rings? And yeah. like, let's do it all here. And it works so well. Uh, I, I think like Disney Plus, Captain Kennedy should be like, you need to just do this for Indiana Jones and just make an animated Jones animated series. Like it was so good. Yeah, um, it felt like to me, like there was this period in time when like Avatar came out where the idea of like acting in the future would all be just animated. All movies would be made this way. And that (laughs) was like proof that it could be interesting, like not just lame. Like it could be actually super (laughs) exciting where the freedom it would provide you. Right. But yeah, Yeah, it never came true, I guess. (laughs) Not yet, at least. (laughs) Not yet. It it could. Uh, And then the last thing I watched this week. Oh yeah. I watched them. Titane, Titane, oh, Titane. Yes, tell me. No spoilers, but tell me. No spoilers. A lot of people really like it, and like on paper, it's like a movie that's like right up my alley. I was not a fan. Oh. Um. Did you like Raw? I did like Raw. Okay. I, I liked Raw a lot. Yeah. Um. So the thing with like, Tit. I'm gonna say Titane. I'm sure that's incorrect, and Sophie sure. will correct me in the future. But I'm gonna say Titane. Yeah. Like. There's a narrative shift. This isn't a spoiler. There's like a not a narrative shift, but the story makes a turn. Uh, about two thirds, uh, like a third of the way in the movie. Okay. To where like the first act almost has nothing to do with the second and third act, in my opinion. Some people think like it totally makes sense why it should be there. I don't think it does. Um, and the the back the two acts two and three I loved. Like they could have started at act two, and I would have really loved the movie. But then when I think about it relative to the first act, I was like, why did all this happen? You know, mm-hmm. they don't really give you a character to root for kind of based on the first act. It's it's kind of hard to explain, but it, w- it wasn't for me. Um, yeah. It was cool to watch. Um, glad I watched it, but uh, not not for me, unfortunately. Yeah, I've um, heard all kinds of a, varying opinions on it. And it just yeah. sounds like one of those things where you just... There's no way to know until you go in and watch yeah. it, unless you're really adverse. I've heard to like gore. violence. It's, it's, and it's gore. pretty. It's pretty violent and gory, um, and and body horror ish, mm. like shockingly violent. It's like, oh my! Um, <laughs> but that's not what turned me off. Like I like yeah. I like violent movies and stuff like that. It was just like the storytelling. Something just didn't click with me. So, mm. um, but yeah, the, that that was my watches this week. Nice. Um, but before we get to our discussion on first man uh catcher released some hot 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 merch we did uh, it we did it we finally did it it, it, it only <laughs> took me a whole year it took us a year but we're here yeah. so if you go over to synonauts.bigcartel.com you can see uh, a nice synonauts toque uh or beanie as we call it down right. here uh in the colonies uh, stickers, a Synonauts <laughs> logo t-shirt, and my personal favorite, it is the uh, Synonauts Animal Crackers t-shirt. Yes. As inspired by uh, both Armageddon, which we discussed last week, and uh, Catcher's, one of Catcher's favorite movies, Zodiac. Yeah. Um, 
Amazing. Amazing. So, so go st- ahead. So stoked with them. I think they look cool. I, <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to get one myself. Um, the toque is sweet. Like the oh, color, toque. the Sorry. color toque. on it. No, it's fine. It's, um, the coloring on it is so cool. Um, yeah. And the, great in hand too. Perfect yeah, for the winter feels months. Good. Yeah. It feels good in hand. Great for oh. the winter months. Um, yeah. Catcher just said, I'm making a shirt based off Armageddon. And I was like, okay. And then <laughs> the animal crackers delivered in such an amazing way. Yeah. And uh, grab so, it while you can, because I'm going to test out a thing. I, yep. I won't keep all the merch up all the time. It'll switch over eventually because uh could be interesting. So yeah. it'll be here until I'm bored of it. We're going to be the supreme of podcast merch. That's right. <laughs> it's there, then it's gone. Maybe sometimes it'll only be a day and then it's gone. You'll never know. You just have <laughs> to keep your know. eyes peeled. <laughs> Notifications on. Exactly. Uh, com. All right. So. Let's get into it. Uh, For those who are new to the show, they haven't listened in, basically the show works. Um, One host will select a movie from the Criterion Collection. In this case, uh, it was me. I chose Armageddon, obviously. Uh, Mm. And then then after that, the hosts pick their satellite picks, which are movies they think uh, are related or inspired or made them think of that movie. Um, So I picked First Man, Catcher Pick Gone in 60 Seconds, and then Boom... (laughs) Pick the real wild card of Venom, which people <laughs> on social media have been excited for. Uh, so I think we're, we're probably going to stick with that one. But so, uh, yeah, let's let's get uh, into First Man. But before we do that, Catcher, the two of us, we'll make sure we come back for Boom. Let's, let's hop into our time machines <laughs> and head back to 1961. Ooh. Uh, we're going a little farther back. Uh, so 1961, uh, NASA in the United States, they were in the middle of uh, the space race with the old commies over in Russia. Uh, the attempt to put the first man on the moon um, after, you know, I, I'm no uh, NASA historian, so I'm not going to be able to drop all the uh, individual knowledge. But I think after, what, about eight or nine uh, missions of of just sending people to space and stuff like that and testing that, okay, I think we can finally do it. Um, and it finally gets done in uh, the Apollo 11 mission, which is led by American hero Neil Armstrong. Uh, Neil Armstrong was the first man to walk on the moon, and uh, the film First Man is basically just about um, the years and uh, months and days leading up to... Uh, his flight into space on the Apollo 11. Um, but even beyond that, it's just really about a man and like him dealing with uh, the loss of his daughter who had died, passed away from a brain tumor um, when she was two years old, how he and his wife have maybe never come back from that. Um, you know, the sort of inner turmoil of someone going on a mission that they inevitably might not come back from, like very likely will yeah. die in. I mean, throughout the movie, you see, um, Neil and his family, uh, sorry, Neil Armstrong played by Ryan Gosling uh, and Janet Armstrong played by Claire Foy, their friends and his co-astronauts uh, dying, you know, yeah. and, and having mishaps throughout the whole thing. Left, right, and, and so center. Just left, like right, people and all around him are just dying in yeah. these crazy accidents. Uh, and so it has to deal with him, you know, just dealing with that. So it's, it's, it's a really powerful movie, which we'll get into in a little bit more. Uh, fast forward to 2003, uh, the actor, director... <laughs> Spaceman himself, Clint Eastwood, he apparently had reached out to uh, Warner Brothers to do this story um, because the 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 film is based off a book um, called First Man, The Life of Neil Armstrong. And uh, Eastwood wanted to do that. Some things fell through. Um, Clint Eastwood probably wanted to make some silently like religious movie. And so that's why <laughs> so he went on to do that instead, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and so DreamWorks and Universal bought the rights in like the 2010s. And then the great Damon Chazelle, uh, he picked it up after a couple successful, very successful movies, uh, 2014's Whiplash, 2016's La La Land. Um, and then uh, in 2015, he started production uh, for First Man. Um, the reason I chose this relative to Armageddon is because as we discussed, Armageddon is like the most incorrect false portrayal of space exploration, NASA, all that sort of stuff that you can possibly get. 
And um, this first man is basically the most accurate portrayal of that era of space exploration and NASA and Neil Armstrong's life that you could get. Um, Neil Armstrong's kids have even said that first man um, is basically the most realistic portrayal of um, their parents. So shout out to Ryan Gosling and Claire Foy who do an amazing job at that. Um, the detail work in the film is like unbelievable. Uh, all the spaceships, I know Chazelle was like, I really don't want to make, um, we want to make as everything as accurate as possible. So when they were shooting stuff for the spacecraft, he and his set um, designers or production team, they agreed that the max they would go over the size of an actual space shuttle would only be 10%. So that is how accurate these things are. Um, You know, the calls that were coming through are all from like actual, you know, written transcripts from the thing, uh, from the missions. Um, The formats that were shot, he shot on 16 millimeter, 35 millimeter, uh, and super 35, which obviously is of the era. Uh, The end sequence is shot in 70 millimeter, so... um, which I'm sure we will discuss at yes. large later. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, he used like, I think very like close to no green screen. Um, if not at all, um, they tried making things as authentic as possible. Um, they use the led display technique, which, uh, Mandalorian, the show Mandalorian made like really famous later, all that sorts of stuff. Um, and you know, I, I, I think that Chazelle, I'll, I'll start off with a potentially controversial conversation or mm. controversial point is that I think Damon Chazelle is like a true like American filmmaker. Like the, the the movies he makes for better or for worse. And I think for better, um, I think most people agree. Whiplash is a fantastic film. All the land. Obviously there's a ton of controversy around that. Um, I think those two films and now first man are three, like really, really great stories of like, varying versions of what it is to be American. Mm. Um, So whiplash is sort of like the pressures of being in college and like how Americans treat trying to hit success. La La Land obviously is just about like the Hollywood dream, right? Which is deeply, deeply American in Mm. a ton of ways. And then first man obviously is how American can you get other than the first man on the moon. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I think Chazelle is like the perfect person to direct a movie like this. I think he is one of the best directors right now. Um, just his technical prowess, I think, is almost unmatched. Um, just phenomenal across the board. So all those reasons why I wanted to pick it. Uh, but Catcher, first, what do you think about Damien Chazelle? It's weird. I don't have a real like love affair mm. with him like I do like Barry Jenkins, mm. who are like of the same, I would say like from the same class. ilk. Yeah, same yeah. class. Yeah. Um, Whiplash is awesome. It's incredibly good. Um, La La Land was a maybe unsurprisingly a little bit of a bust for me. Mm. I'm not big into musicals to begin with. I love Emma Stone and love Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went into it being like, well, at least I'll have that. And... <laughs> And it was good, but, like, it just it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was, like, middle of the road. Like, it didn't affect me one way or another, but I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when First Man came out, I was like, well, whatever. Like, La La Land had beat it, not beaten out Moonlight. I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder. <laughs> uh, you know, that sort of thing. Right. And I was like, oh, they're working together again. I love Ryan, uh, I love Ryan Gosling. But I just like didn't run to go and see it. I guess. Right. And you're uh, a big space guy. Like you love sci-fi space movies, and but all space in general exploration. Yeah, the, all that right. stuff is really interesting to me. Um, do the right, uh, do the right stuff. What's it called? The right stuff. The right mm. stuff. Mm-hmm. I, the amazing movie. Um, so I wa- then I ended up watching it. I guess like after it had come out, like it was probably streaming, and I watched it. It was one of those things where it just didn't land. Mm. And I was like, meh. It was fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and just never thought about it again. And I was an idiot because this movie is awesome. This movie is amazing. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, I couldn't believe it. I was like floored by how much I enjoyed this movie. It's. It, I, yeah, it's just perfect. I mean, not per. Well, it's pretty damn close, though. Yeah. Um, is it hyper? It, it, like you said, it is like hyper American. 
So mm-hmm. it is interesting, especially now that we're like in this time and age where sort of everyone is questioning if the American dream was re- like worth it. Mm-hmm. Like what's like who's lost out in that American dream? Who won mm-hmm. out? Um, and this movie ver- does very little effort in sort of discussing that. Mm. Um, but what it does tell you is a amazingly harrowing tale mm. about a pretty interesting and fascinating human being who did one of the most fascinating, incredible things in the history of like the human experience, experience, like mm-hmm. so, and captured in all its danger and all its, and all its awe um, and all its complications. And I just, that was a fascinating thing. I, I really wasn't expecting to be as moved by as I was. So. What's interesting about how this portrays sort of the American dream and how you said it's sort of controversial to be like proudly American mm-hmm. is that um, so this movie at the end sequence when he's on the moon, they actually don't show um, Armstrong planting the flag on the moon. And when they when that was omitted, like people from both the right and left actually complained uh, obviously mm. more so the right. I think Trump specifically said like what kind of movie <laughs> doesn't show that or, or some, <laughs> some absurd comment. Right. Um, but I think that's interesting because like the, the film, I think it sort of grounds his statement saying like the movie, it's obviously about the space race, but it is like about the first man on the moon, you know? Mm. Yeah. And his mission there, his personal mission, you know, was a little bit different than maybe what, uh, you know, and I think it made it a little bit more universal, themed by not showing that but i didn't even think about it until people like complained about it which maybe shows how little i care about uh <laughs> moments of patriotism shown on that right uh, on film like that but i, I always thought that was interesting because i forgot that it happened until i was reading up about it and remember people complained um so you never saw this in theater i never did and i'm i do remember now i think around the same time there was also another maybe a documentary that it had also come out yeah and really good both, documentary yeah and they'd both taken advantage of sort of showing the moon in a wider image format <laughs> yeah and i was that was one of the things that actually had made me stop and say oh should i go and see this because i yeah. think that that experience must have been incredible because watching it on my 42 inch tv maybe smaller TV sure. was is so cool knowing it yeah. was going to happen. So I was kind of prepped for it, but just th- the feeling that it gives you yeah, is so, is so smart and so good. And I have to give credit to him, like Damien Chazelle as, as a director, because like I said, I don't maybe give him enough props in my head as I should, but this, this movie, he's doing so many great smart filmmaking things to convey such a really interesting experience. Yeah, I, I went and saw this in IMAX, uh, and I was very happy I did. Um, my biggest note about this movie, and that I think uh, was the most interesting for me, like every time I've seen it, is that for a movie that's about space, it is so claustrophobic. Mm. Like, the whole movie is so tight until the moon sequence, obviously. Um, but, like, from the opening scenes, when you're, and anytime something's in the cockpit, all you're seeing is just like this tiny little window into what, you know, the actual pilots can see. And like, what's funny is, uh, you know, there's just with Blue Origin and SpaceX, like if you watch what spaceships look like now yeah, compared to what they look like then, it's like psychotic that anyone even thought that this was like possible or right. a good idea. And I had never really thought about that, right? Like whenever I had watched whatever history videos in school or like documentaries later i like never really processed that like you just can't see anything like this is like the most awful experience everything is rattling it's so loud like it's shaking nonstop, and all you have to see like to the one thing you know like the your earth like the one thing holding you back kind of literally and figuratively is is just this tiny little thing and like ryan gossing or neil armstrong even puts like that uh rear view mirror thing like in one shot because that's the only way he could see backwards right and the way chazelle does that is unbelievable like his commitment to only keeping the shuttles only being 10 percent bigger than they actually were he said made it really uncomfortable for everyone to shoot in uh but i think that made everything feel so real right like obviously cgi would have completely i think ruined that experience if it was just a cgi cockpit and even just like a bigger space would have not given you that intensity like 
I remember when I saw it in theater, I know the ending to the story. Yes, like, right. I know he doesn't die. I know he walks on the moon and I know he makes it back. But like, I was sweating being like, how does he get out of this? Like, what is going on? I mean, even from the first opening sequence, when they, oh. when they just say, uh, uh, Neil, you're bouncing off the atmosphere. I was like, Oh, I was like, d- Oh my God. Like, <laughs> no. Yes. That, that sequence, when the words are uttered, you've bounced off the atmosphere. I was like, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about? Like, Oh <laughs> yeah. my goodness. Like it's such an incredible, the opening is so incredible in terms yeah. of setting up who this guy is like thematically, like, what this movie is in terms of what they're going for it's like as realistic and true to what Mm. the he himself experienced in these you know flight tests in these like space launches like it's incredible and you're like why like you said before like why would you do this yeah what is what this is crazy like you're uh, you are a hero for risking your life to do this yeah it's incredible showing like the fragility of the spaceships at the time is shown with all like the rattling and stuff, but it's really shown when, um, that one, I forget which crew it is when they blow up in, oh, in the cockpit because yeah. like, it's just this tiny little spark and they just have pulling out wrenches, trying to like open things up. And in, you know, 10 seconds or whatever, they're all gone. Right. Yeah. Like it really just shows, it just really heightens like the risk that all these astronauts are, are putting, you know, Putting themselves putting in, the, putting themselves in to, to yeah. do this, and it, it's it's crazy. You know, I think as a result of that, like I've, I've seen people say that they really didn't like how Gosling sort of kind of played it so straight laced the whole time. I think it's fantastic. Um, per, it's perfect. Like Ad Astra, mm. uh, <laughs> what's his name? Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Like at the beginning of the movie is fine, but like does that poorly as the film goes on. Like you just <laughs> you just fall away from him further and like you're floating away like it's just you can't connect to him but ryan gosling just has you the whole time you are you are him and he is conveying everything you need and like that's his job like Mm -hmm. his job is to be one step back from everything because Mm -hmm. if he was if his head like if he was to you know um what's the engage with the Mm -hmm. realities of what's happening like you would do it there's no way you would do it yeah. Um, right. And that, and that's what the, the sort of the emotional core of this movie is. How does someone who lives in that way handle intense emotion of mm-hmm. like losing people around you constantly? Mm-hmm. Um, and the inability in, in one respect, he's so smart and capable in terms of his like intellect. Mm hmm and his capabilities as an astronaut, but like his ability to be a human being and, and attach and um, engage in those emotions. It's so hard for him to do. Mm-hmm. And that stress and that anxiety is like at home. He has like this emotional anxiety at mm-hmm. all times. And then at work, it's like physical and mental anxiety <laughs> from your right. job. Like what a harrowing life that this dude left. Yeah. And, and that all sort of comes ahead uh, at the scene where, um, Claire Foy, his wife, is finally like, you have to tell your kids that you might not come back. Oh, man. And the most heartbreaking thing to me is obviously that whole scene, like Claire Foy and Ryan Gosling are incredible together, first of all. Like, they are amazing. Like, their their chemistry on screen showing their lack of chemistry is phenomenal. And, like, that scene where his his kid, he was trying to tell him, you know, I, I, might, I might not come back. His kid goes, so you might miss my swim meet? Oh, yeah, and, oh, yeah. And the gravity of that, it's like, yeah, I might miss your swim meet, but if I'm not coming to your swim meet, I'm not coming to like anything, anything. ever again, yeah. right? And yeah, the kid like yeah. doesn't process that. Uh, it's just such a gut punch, but it's it's just so good. And then, you know, uh, Claire Foy walks off, like storms off. And like, yeah, I guess you did what you had to do, kind of. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like he still couldn't do the one thing she needed him to do, even though he's like being this American hero for the whole world to see, which is 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 really like a stunning play of like again just like the cla- the claustrophobia of the movie mm-hmm. right like he is going into the great unknown um but all the drama is also taking like a more intense drama is taking place just inside his living room or his yeah, kitchen exactly uh it, there's the scene where he's doing the uh he's testing the lunar module mm-hmm. and he crashes he like he uh, jettisons it and he crashes it and he gets right. all messed up 
and he's freaking out like his friends had just died uh, previously and he goes home and he's all screwed up and she's like are you okay like what happened and he immediately is like oh my god i forgot something at work and i gotta go like he finds any excuse to get out like the second he gets there it becomes instantly too much and just the way you said it perfectly i hadn't really thought about it but like the claustrophobicness of being at home like there's so much there for him that he does not want to address or Mm -hmm. is having an incredibly hard time to address Mm -hmm. and then you know at the same time i think the show clairefoy is janet armstrong her struggles so well um, you know, they kind of introduce you a little bit to sort of the astronauts wives club and how they're all dealing with it differently, but, um, just more relations, like interacting with like their kids, you know, when her kid is just like running around the house and she's just trying to focus in on that little like call radio box so she can hear what's going on. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing because it shows you like, you know, again, while he's off being the hero, she is still trying to keep their life, like their life, like in order. Yes. And like not only have to deal with like, okay, whatever I do, like I'm completely out of like it's out of my control. Right. Like, you know, Lance could be the best astronaut in the world and he could be doing everything right, but like one screw can go off and the whole thing will explode or whatever. Right. But so she has to like kind of keep everything calm and it's not helping that Lance is not being like the best dad right. at the time, like leaving and 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 not talking to her and not really expressing like what he's going through. Mm-hmm. Um and she plays that frustration perfectly with him. Um, and then something that like stands out to me is like at the end when, uh, the reporters are all there, she like kind of musters herself up to go walk outside and she like tells that joke, like, Oh, it was like, it was out of this world and then like drives off. But like, you know, like it's just killing her to like have to go like, like, like look, like look what you put me through and I have to be like this champion, even though like, I really wish you weren't doing this. It's just like, it's beautiful storytelling. It's, it's so well done. Yeah, I think she was the weakest part of the movie when I watched it the first time. I just mm-hmm. felt like that storyline, I don't know, it felt wasted or something. Like, it just didn't really draw me in in any way. But this time around, they're, the way that she, the way that both of them, like you said, like interact, the way they play off each other, they these are two people dealing with so much. Mm-hmm. And speaking very little, but showing so much with their eyes. Like the acting in this is incredible. So much mm-hmm. just um, such like beautifully quiet performances mm-hmm. um, where you just feel her struggle feels just as intense as his. Yeah. And they, they respect that in a way that feels true. Yeah. Which I like. What are the scenes you want to talk about? Well, just I like I'm just you, rattling you, off my list. No, you touched on it about just the, but the sound design. In this yeah, movie yeah. is incredible. Um, just the danger is the sequence. There's, a, I think it's his own Gemini mission. Mm-hmm. He goes up and they've got a dock. Uh, yeah. With and this is the first time they're going to tech the docking sequence. Can we dock yeah. the, the the lunar mo- like module part with the other part? Can can uh. we do this successfully? And it's the highlight of the movie. Mm. It's everything the movie is. It's mm. Space is scary, and you don't even realize why it's scary until you really are inside this literal tin can with no real way. Like, when things go wrong, everything is bad. Yeah. And the way <laughs> the way they shoot, like, something goes wrong, and they end up spinning mm-hmm. uncontrollably. They don't know mm-hmm. why. Over 350 rotations Per, per second, per second yeah, not per whatever, minute. Yeah. It's like it's per, per second, like yeah. it's crazy. They're just like, woo, 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 woo. Yeah. and the way it's shot, and the way they show, there's like all of a sudden gravity takes hold in the ship because it's like the centrifugal force kicks right. in, and even his at one point like his partner passes out. Yeah, and Neil Armstrong, Ryan Gosling is not only conscious while spinning at 350 <laughs> rotations per minute, but is checking nozzles right. and flipping switches and doing math in his brain and he's doing all this stuff in order to like save the mission because otherwise they're dead. Yeah. And it's harrowing, man. It's yeah. harrowing. And the visuals of it where they cut to shots outside of the module mm-hmm. and the camera's attached to it and it's spinning. Yeah. And there's this like railing noise that's happening at the same time where it's just screeching and spinning and screech. It's like you're inside a washing machine. 
Yeah. And watch him pull out, watching him take control of that situation and pull, pull them out of this spin of death, like carnival ride yeah. is an act better than almost any action movie you could ever yeah. do like better than anything that ever happens in Armageddon. Almost, almost, <laughs> almost. Um, but yeah, I just think I, that was the thing that was just so shocking to me where it's, you don't have to play it up because what's real is so damn ex- yeah. insane. And I'm sure boom would have tapped on this. The, uh, the space race was a big dick measuring contest for, uh, <laughs> yes. the countries. And that docking sequence is so, like sexual <laughs> yes. like I, I i actually had never noticed it until this this viewing where like it's cutting between him getting like closer and closer to like uh docking or inserting with another <laughs> and like it just cuts to his hand just like gently like touching the joystick yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then when when he hits it like all like everyone goes oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh like yeah. yes that's it's, i actually hadn't thought about that but this is very true like they're all like and he's like no problem like he's just very yeah. cocky about this yeah. whole execution like i got right. this and i'm sure that was like a done on purpose like it's so obviously like a little sexual innuendo thing which that was great uh, i also want to shout out uh christopher abbott he plays dave scott who is neil armstrong's partner in that scene mm. christopher abbott he doesn't really do much in this movie but he is a phenomenal actor oh really tell every, me more every time i see him i like him in what he's doing he's like not in too much stuff um i saw him in possessor which came out last year mm. you would love it it's a oh, crazy i've seen it oh not, you saw it okay not yeah. the uncut version but yeah okay yeah he i thought it was amazing in that um he was like in the center and he was in girls uh i, I don't really watch girls but he's just like everything i see him in he's really good i hope he gets that like push to the you know to the next level of acting because I, I really think it's phenomenal he just needs that, um, like one role, that one movie. Right. Just like get him in a Marvel movie or something and then sure. get him back to doing indies. Yeah. You know, that would, that, that would be ideal. On sound design, I mean, the music was incredible. Yes. That like theme that that plays throughout the whole movie is incredible. Um, obviously, Damon Chazelle is very interested in music. So that was a big thing. Um, and what was interesting is when Damon Chazelle was doing research, he found out that uh, Neil Armstrong like owned and like loved the theremin. And so um, Damon Chazelle made sure that the theremin, uh, which if you don't know what that is, you should go look it up right now. It's like a box with like a metal rod, basically. And it's like this like really sci-fi sounding sound. Yeah. So they actually incorporated that um, into a lot of the score, which that's I thought was cool. really interesting. So that's why it's there. That's cool. That's why it's there. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. What What else? Any other, any other notes you had? No, I, I mean, I think we've talked about it just in terms of the fragility of what's happening and what these yeah. people are doing and, like, and how, because they're pushing the edge... Mm-hmm. Like they, no one really knows what's going to happen. And yeah. like Clairvoy, uh, Clairvoy has this line where it's like, you, you know, we've got, um, what's his name? Who's the guy, the mission manager guy, uh, Ed White, Jason Clark, he, no, no, or, or, or Kyle Chandler, Kyle Chandler, Deke Slayton. Yeah. Yeah. So Kyle Chandler's character, like there, you know, there's been some problems. It's that scene we talked about where he's spinning over and over. Mm hmm. And uh, they finally get it under control, and she's come to this, like, to the base or whatever. They shut off her audio. They shut off her audio because obviously, like, they don't want her, her hearing all of them. Like, could they could die at any second? They don't want her hearing this. So she goes over to hear, like, find out what's going on. And he's like, "We've got it under control." And she's like, "You guys have nothing under control." It's like you're a bunch right. of boys playing with balsa wood. And I was just yeah. like, "Holy shit! Yes, <laughs> like that's yeah. right. Like you guys are all you don't know. You don't have a clue." Yeah. And um, and she sort of like is this presence on the ground that really makes that real. Yeah. Totally. So, yeah. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is I'm sure I was going to say it for when booms here, um, the, the whiteies on the moon sequence. Yes. Um, yes. So we'll, 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 let's say that for when booms here. I'm obviously, I'm sure she has uh, thoughts on that scene as well. So we'll get to that. And I want to bring it up now so that people didn't get mad that we didn't talk about that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it, it is going noticed. Um, all right, so let's let's talk about the finale sequence then. So, uh, it, it happens in in the in the uh, streaming version or however you watch it. But um, in theaters, in IMAX at least, when uh, for the moon landing sequence, it's all shot in thirty five millimeter until the uh, door opens up, and when the camera walks through, it stretches not only stretches to the seventy millimeter IMAX, but it 
cuts the sound out because there's no sound in space. Right. And when I saw that in theater, mm. several people gasped, like in the theater. Really? Like, <gasps> like it was that like awing of a moment. Uh, and I think it still works amazingly, like even on my TV, mm-hmm. uh, which unfortunately is not an IMAX screen. Yeah. Um, who someone in in the seventy millimeter Discord? You should check them out. Seventy uh, mmpod.com. Um, they linked a tweet that said the last fifteen minutes of First Man are unmatched, and it's like it's hard to say no to that. I mean, mm. it's just it's amazing. Like it, it's the first time where I felt like this is what it feels like to be on the moon. Like this mm. is what it looks like. This is like it looks. It just looks so perfect and real. Um, yeah, I, I just love it so much. Yeah, I just the. Like you said, the way that it expands out and like, as you've mentioned, the claustrophobia of everything that's happened up until this point, both in the ships and at home and all that stuff, that feeling of just like it coming in on you and to have this opportunity where he's like letting go almost, you know, mm-hmm. and like just embracing the moment where he is and it opens up and you're like, this dude is just on a rock floating in space right now. Like this is his experience is unreal. I remember there was a video like a few years back of like Buzz Aldrin punching mm-hmm. some guy who had gone up to him who was like, the space lighting's fake, not real, fake, man. It's right. fake. And he like punched him and good for him. Yes. Because look at what those guys did. That's some yeah. crazy, crazy shit. It like, it just so happens they were American. It would be crazy no matter what. Like, yeah. It's a feat that is, and and it's amazing because the way that it's sort of undescribable what happens. You're just in mm-hmm. awe, and the way that they use that narratively by the end when he's in quarantine and he meets up with mm-hmm. his wife for the first time, and it's almost sad because there's this death that's happened of their daughter that they can't talk about. Mm -hmm. And he has now come back from this experience that he once again cannot share with her. Mm -hmm. And there's Mm -hmm. something so profound about that where with regards to this couple where they just, they want, I guess they love, like they love each other, you know, but they do. I think, I think they just have, they're on, they're unable. I'm, I'm not, I don't know too much about Neil Armstrong's real life, so I'm not quite sure how their marriage went on. Sure. But, you know, in it seems film. like at that, yeah, in the, in the film at least, it's just like, I, I think they do. It's just that he is a typical guy and cannot express anything he's feeling. Yeah. Um, and she's like, unfortunately, carrying like a lot of that weight. Um, right. But, but I think yeah. what's cool is like, you now kind of feel that sense of what they've had, which is, how do you describe this thing? It's like, I've done something no one else has experienced before. And like, how do you, and and I think the audience can, gets to feel that in a weird way because of that sequence. Um, And and it's powerful stuff. And, and back to the claustrophobic stuff. I mean, it's just such a, a juxtaposition, right? It's, he's in the most open place that a man, a human has ever been to. And then it ends not on like this glorious, like we did it celebration. It ends like he is still separated this time, like by a physical glass, like from his wife Mm -hmm. and like the real sort of, uh, um, you know, he still has this other journey that he has to accomplish, Yes, you know, that they haven't been able to do yet. And like, will they be able to do that? And it's again, you know, a very powerful image, like the physical piece sort of separating them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, 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 it just, I think it ties it up so well because like what I said earlier about how it it didn't bother me that the American flag wasn't there because the story is about Neil Armstrong. It's not the first man. It's not like the first flight. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I think it's highlighted just with that ending very, very well. Yeah. He's managed to get to the moon. Yeah. And has (laughs) not yet managed to learn how to communicate with his wife, with his wife. Like this is a very like, (laughs) you know mid-century like you know like early american 1950s and i guess probably through history like men's yeah. ability to communicate with their wife but yeah um yeah yeah um and then before we go to our categories like i've talked just because i talked about how accurate this movie was so mm-hmm. the only part that was embellishment or people believe is embellishment um fairly confident is is that neil armstrong tossing his daughter's bracelet into the moon crater mm-hmm. so what happened was, I guess, Neil Armstrong did walk off to a crater at some point and 
did not tell someone what was happening and then he came back. Yeah. Um, and so I think Chazelle made up that that's probably like what he did maybe mentally um, and then just put it into a physical form for the film because mm. by all accounts, Neil Armstrong didn't actually bring up any personal effects on the flight, which is interesting and actually matches up very well with the Neil Armstrong we see in the film mm-hmm. that he wouldn't bring anything personal with him. Um, and so I think, you know, Chazelle said that uh, it was sort of like he thinks that when Neil Armstrong went there, he sort of had that moment with his daughter internally. And so he wanted to show it sort of like in a physical form by doing that, which I thought was an interesting choice mm-hmm. um, and, and worked out well. Yeah, I think so too. Awesome. So we have actually quite a bit of emails and stuff. So let's let's move along to our categories here. Uh, the two of us. That's right. And again, we'll, we'll, we'll give Boom time to talk at the top of next week's episode as well. For sure. Because um, I know she has a lot of thoughts on the movie that we don't want to miss. Our criterion moment. You want to go first? Okay, so my criterion moment is easily the Gemini 8 sequence. It's incredible. Just from the way it starts where they're, they've docked, like we've t- talked about, um, and they're enjoying some really gross space food, which mm-hmm. just looks disgusting, <laughs> like so so gross. Um, yeah. And then, you know, all of a sudden, an emer- like this emergency, and they're spinning and out of control and just... It's beautiful and harrowing. And like, if you suffer from like seizures, like maybe don't watch this. Yeah, definitely it's, don't it's watch unreal, this. Yeah. But if you can, you should because it's incredible. I was going to say, I, I feel like I always take the easy criterion moments. So I'm not going to say the moon sequence. I'm going to say the, the opening sequence. Yeah. Uh, is just so cool because, like you said, it just shows you all the stakes very quickly. And I cannot get over that line. Neil, you're bouncing off yeah. the atmosphere. Like, come on. Yeah, that's nightmare fuel. Like, <laughs> that's amazing. nightmare fuel. Yeah. It's so cool. And just like the shot of him going over the horizon and all that sort of stuff. It's like incredible. You know, yeah. like I was laughing because like today or was it yesterday? William Shatner, like a 90 year old dude went up <laughs> yeah. in a spaceship and basically did what Neil Armstrong did. Like they went to like the kind of top of the atmosphere and floated around and came back down. Imagine a 90-year-old man doing what, what <laughs> yeah. Neil Armstrong had to do. No he would chance. have died like two seconds yeah. from a heart attack into that flight. You would have turned um, to mush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, for I think it is very interesting to watch in context. Like look at the SpaceX launch or the Blue Origin launch and then compare it to this. It's incredible <laughs> Like what, where technology has, has taken us. And again, just reemphasizes like the insanity that was required of the people doing these missions uh, uh, at the time. Yeah, yeah, and I think it, it actually interesting in terms of connecting it with uh, Armageddon. Yep, I talked about like the countdown to the rocket in Armageddon. He makes <laughs> he makes it into such a like a show. Yeah, and in this movie, just like uh, the altitude altimeter, as uh-huh. in that sequence, as you see it, it's going down, it's going down, and then all of a sudden yeah. it's just going up, and it's going up fast, and it's like, and then that's when the line happens where he's bounced off the atmosphere, and you're like, oh my god, just this counting numbers is the most terrifying, yeah. anxiety-inducing. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. like, swi- oh my god, it's crazy. Yeah, it's so, so very cool. cool. Yeah. Um, so before we wrap here, uh, Catcher, what are your thoughts on like first man relative to Armageddon? Do you think that was a good pick on my end? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, honestly, because there, it's weird that there are certain similarities in terms of, and I, maybe this is just because filmmaking and sound is so powerful, but how mm-hmm. how well sound is used in both movies to convey mm-hmm. the dangers of space mm-hmm. um, and how terrifying that can be. Um, and also, it is nice to see like what real space travel was like. It's It's, as I said before, this it can be so exciting without making it overblown and like turning it to 13. It's like just Mm -hmm. what happened was enough to be exciting. You don't have to go drilling into anything to blow it up to make it exciting. (laughs) Yeah. You don't have to like have, you you don't have to disarm a bomb, you know, (laughs) like that's fine. You don't need that extra fluff. Um, Yeah. So I, I, you know, I, like I said earlier, I picked this because I wanted to see the complete opposite of realism uh, when compared to Armageddon and it held up as I expected. Um, I think seeing these back to back was interesting in the ways that we talked about and how, um, but the thing that we, I didn't think about that we touched on briefly, I guess the end of last episode is that it is also like a story about uh, a man dealing like with his family and also, you know, 
regardless of the scenario and how uh, sci-fi or based on fiction the film is, if someone's going into space, they always know that they might not come back. Right, right, and right, yeah. <laughs> the way it's dealt with in these two movies are both great. Yeah. You know, um, whether it one uses Aerosmith to help that effect <laughs> yeah. uh, and the other one just uses real life storytelling. Um, both, I think, capture it really well. So, yeah, that was First Man. Um, Bless you for picking this. Thank, thank you. you. Thank yeah. you. I'm very happy with that pick. Uh, again, we'll hear Boom's thoughts on it next week. Um, but let's get into our uh, emails. So we have one. Oh, this is from Art the Man. Uh, dear friend of the show, Art, and letterbox reviewer extraordinaire. Uh, he says, welcome back, friends. We've missed you. Glad to have you back after Ian's time off to bond with the planet's most photogenic infant. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, excited to hear you three talk about First Man. I love this movie. A little while ago, I made a little letterbox list of some movie moments that left a big impression on me. And there's a moment from First Man on that list. Ooh. The moment when the capsule door opens onto the IMAX shot lunar landscape and the soundtrack speech and every element of ambient noise gets sucked into silence of the vacuum of space. My word. I was speechless with wonder. Great stuff. Uh, I know we don't choose satellite picks for satellite picks, but if, I were, but if we would... I'd suggest 1977's Capricorn One as an underappreciated gem of 70s paranoia cinema. It's got a space angle to pair it with First Man. It's available on HBO Max. Last I checked, Capricorn One, very solid watch. Welcome back, pals. Cheers, Art. Thank you, Art. I've Thank never heard you. of that movie. Yeah. I'll add that to my watch list. Always great to hear from him. So a uh, friend of the show, Scott, um, he says... So he he wrote, nice post-mortem uh, on Armageddon. This movie's basically <laughs> male comfort food. Yes. Uh, I would I would watch, I would love to watch this film with a real astronaut and ask them, so is this true? Do we really need, do all you really need is a few days of training? What an overhyped career choice. <laughs> Best scene, the visit destruction of the Russian space station. I bet Putsky loved that part. Um, with everything else going on, in the story, leave it to Bay to get that in as well. Until we pot again, bravado paint. Thank you, bravado paint. Thank you, thank you. And we got a voicemail from dear, dear friend of the show, Mikey P. Cynonauts, welcome back. Glad you're back. First man, I thought was phenomenal. Ryan Gosling, uh, he impressed me because I think sometimes I like I have a meeting. And, like, that day, I might be, like, really just focused and maybe ignoring my family. And he kind of really pulled that off. I mean, <laughs> could you imagine doing something like going to the moon for the first time and trying to be a dad? be pretty tough. I, the first time I watched this was, like, on an airplane. And probably hard to watch because of that first opening scene was, like, really good. Really, really gut-wrenching. It was hard being in 39,000 feet in the air. But the end, man, that balled me up. I was crying really bad. And normally I don't care, but, like, the person around me, maybe across the aisle, like, noticed. And I felt like they were going to say something. So I was, like, trying to cover up more and not cry so they wouldn't notice. And that, I think, made it worse. Pretty awkward. I think, like, uh, if anybody out there is listening and was on, like, an American Airline flight on June 22nd, 2019, <laughs> per my letterbox review, I appreciate that. Thank you. Amazing. Uh, but yeah, welcome back, Ian. Don't worry about recording. We're all here for life, I think. So, just have fun. This is Mikey P. Thank you very much, Mikey P. Bless that man. He's the best Bless. of us. Bless him. He is the best of us. Um, go check out his comics too. Project Unknown Comics. Mikey is not only super dad to the stars, based on. The, his constant amazing Instagrams with his two adorable kids, but he's also uh, an awesome artist and he comic is. book writer. Yeah, man. So go check those out. Now, typically Boom does the Tea with Boom session, but since she's on here, Catcher is going to take it over. So uh, Catcher, you want to spill the tea? Yeah. So this week, Boom went to the Instagram and mm -hmm. posted four beautiful pictures of our boy Ryan Gosling Ugh. and asked, what's your favorite... Ryan Gosling movie and why? Mm -hmm. And the answers came a flood in. Uh -huh. 
And I have to say, the pictures alone on that post were like, how do I even pick a movie now? Because they're <laughs> yeah. all so good. Like, they're some of my favorites. And I realized yeah. I really do love Ryan Gosling. It's not just because he's Canadian. Um, <laughs> CanCon. That's right. CanCon. Hashtag CanCon. Okay, so we got some responses here. We got Breaker High, the series. Ian, mm-hmm. did you ever watch Breaker High? I did High? not watch do you that, know, but do you I, know that's a Canadian. It? No, I, I saw the comments. It's a Canadian like 90210, is that right, or something? Yeah, but it takes place on a cruise ship. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's a bunch of students spend the summer going to school, but on a cruise ship. Nice. Okay. Yeah, so they work on it, they learn on it, mm-hmm. They their bodies grow, hormones mm-hmm. flow, mm-hmm. Are flying everywhere. Um, Place Beyond the Pines, mm-hmm. which is incredible, and mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Eva Mendes and Tatted Ryan, which is, mm-hmm. yes, Amazing. Hard, hard to touch tatted ride. I imagine we will do Place Beyond the Pines some way or another because I will do it. So <laughs> I'll leave my one cool story about that movie till then. Uh, mm-hmm. La La Land, I appreciated mm-hmm. learning the origins of Chaz. And who was that? You tell me right now. That's right. That, well, that was Ren. Yeah. <laughs> I was not going to bring this up. Hey, okay, so first of all, I understand La La Land was an incredibly white telling of like jazz i acknowledge that fully but i just want to say my biggest gripe with the people hating on la la land for like it's jazz portrayal i listen to a ton of jazz like i listen to that it's probably like one of my second most listened to genres of music and it was rich when all these people who haven't listened to jazz probably ever right don't think about jazz. Can't name you one actual jazz musician has have all these hot takes on jazz about jazz. Like yes. all of a sudden they care and they know everything about it. <laughs> I'm like, get out of here. Like, don't don't talk. Like you you are doing nothing to to move the conversation forward. Yeah. You know. I, I know yeah. Ren's doing this to troll me because he and, and it's I working. have it's working. And it's working. It's yes. working 100. percent So Ren got me. Go yeah. listen to his podcast. Will run for. Uh, anyway, that that's my thing on La La Land. Amazing. Uh, we also, uh, Marcy, Lars and the Real Girl. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Mm-hmm. He's adorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sophie, super, super friend Sophie. Blue mm-hmm. Valentine, mm-hmm. I like my men sad, which <laughs> yeah. is fair. That movie is incredibly very, depressing. But very depressing. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, the Nice Guys, a modern yeah. classic. Underrated. Doesn't, doesn't deserve to be so good. That's Kev. Yeah, that's underrated movie. That Have you seen it? The Nice Guys? Yes. I enjoyed so, it. So funny. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, sliding in with some Lars and the real girl. Uh, Andy, you've got some more La La Land. La La Land. Drive. Intense mm. performances. More Blue Valentine. Mm-hmm. Blade Runner 2049. Thanks, Mikey P. <laughs> I can't wait till we do it on this show. It's going to be great. Oh, God. Some sleeping the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah. Okay. What about you? What do you have a favorite Ryan Gosling performance? Um, my favorite Ryan Gosling performance. It's hard to say. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, the nice guy is like is up there because he is so funny. I like didn't expect that out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to say. I, I think First Man is probably like my favorite performance of his. It's very um, strong. It's very strong. Yeah, it's really, really good. But like my, my favorite, it's, it's hard to pick my favorite movie of his. Um, I mean, First Man could be up there. La La Land is also up there. Um, I also really like The Big Short. Um, that's a sort of, you know, it's not really a Gosling movie per se, but he's very good in that. Though. Phenomenal in that also. Yeah. What, what's yours? Is it Blade Runner? It's actually not, even though I love Blade Runner so much. Um, but I think, what's the one with Steve Carell? Crazy Stupid Love. Crazy, also, stu- him and Crazy so Stupid good. Love is yeah. so good. Like, yeah. Him and Carell together, yeah. are magic. Amazing. And uh, just like even his scenes with uh, Emma Stone are so mm-hmm. natural, and he's like perfectly goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, the way he treats, like the way he walks around the bar when yeah. you first are introduced to him, he's just like he's the best. He's so perfectly slimy, but like still yeah. lovable. It's great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I get, I'll go with that for a twist. Nice. 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 Um, very cool. And I know, uh, my wife, Tara slandered me, uh, I was, the DMs. I was, gonna, I was going to give you, I was going to give you some, some space on that, but we, we definitely, people do want to know about so, your first man tattoo. 
She slandered me. However, Boom is on here, so I'm going to hold that story until next week uh, to give Boom the respect she deserves by hearing <laughs> that in person with us. Uh, so everyone will have to tune in next week who have been waiting to hear that story. Once again, if you want to shoot us an email, go to synonotspod at gmail.com or slide in the tea with Boom with at synonots. Uh, catcher next week for our further exploration of Armageddon. Yes. We're going to another Bruckheimer production with Great. Gone uh, in 60 Seconds. I haven't seen this movie maybe since the theaters. I maybe have seen it one other time since then. Oh, dude. How the, do you want to prep me for this? There's a scene in this movie where him and his buddies are getting together and they just start comparing the sounds of engines. They put on a tape where they're just listening to car sounds like engines and they have to name the car that that engine is. And it's just incredible. It's just it's so good. So I, I can't wait for I just can't wait to talk about this next week. I did not remember that scene. So oh. I'm looking forward to that immediately. OK, OK. One more. Walk out for they're about yes. the night is about to begin and Nick Cage goes into Zen mode. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all I'll say. That's all. That's okay. all. You'll know when it happens. OK. I'll know. I'll know. Uh, <laughs> watch this with us. Please, please watch this. You've yes. got time. You can watch it this weekend. Watch it. Send in your letters. You guys are going to love this movie. Please do. Yeah. Uh, and then go get yourself an animal cracker shirt. At, yes. Uh, and that big before it's gone. Com. Before all the crackers get eaten. <laughs> uh, catcher. Great to see you, my friend. Good to see you too, man. Can't uh, wait. It was weird without Boom, but I think we held it together. We're not as funny as her. We're, we're not as funny without her yeah. or as her. We miss her presence. Uh, but she'll be back next week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll talk to all of you later. Bye. Bye.